When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left. Good. Brilliant. Oh, Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcasts at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number, ITN 103. Kevin, what title are we going with? Gold member. Gold member, yes. That's the, the King Power, Austin Powers connection. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most inspiring match, so it's not surprising we weren't inspired for a title. No, that'll do. It'll, it'll do, that's it. Um, today, we have a real treat for you. We have our favourite guest, Greg Kaplan, returning for some chats and some comic relief. Uh, we'll also get his thoughts on yesterday's game at the King Power and his help previewing our game on Tuesday in the Cup against Shrewsbury Town. But before that, let me bring in the boys, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton and Tim Bizance. How are you doing this week? It's fucking cold. And I mean, I mean, fucking cold. Minus 20. Oh, no. First, no. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it is cold. <laughs> Chilly yeah, one. I see it, what you did there. Yeah. If, if, if this episode was about uh, life here, then it would be called Cold Member. <laughs> Tim, is it as cold up there for you? So for Fahrenheit, that's negative four degrees. Uh, for me, no, not a chance. It is around forty degrees right now. So that is not nearly as bad as you have. That would be four and a half Celsius. To me, though, things are decent. Packing up the place, uh, moving here uh, by the fifteenth by the fifteenth of February. Yeah, and we're not going to uh, not going to be able to hear that Ralph Express for much longer. No, the Ralph Express is going to have to retire. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, right, let's bring in the main man, Greg Kaplan. Greg, welcome back to your hat trick appearance on In That Number. Must be a real honor for you. Oh, it, it, it is. And I, I just got to say, Kevin's the only man in the world who would move to Siberia and then complain about the weather. That's, that's a smart, smart fellow, that Moscow Bush. <laughs> yeah, you can take it out of Britain, but you can't take the Britain out. What's that they say? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But, yeah. yeah. You put Britain anywhere else in the world and, uh, they'd still complain. They'd find something to complain about. Absolutely. Yeah, anyway, the match ball will be winging its way to, uh, to Troy, New York for you. So yeah, third appearance. Um, how is life currently in Troy? Uh, you know, everything's great and dandy in America. Nothing bad happening here. Uh, <laughs> everybody's happy. Nobody's fighting. It's lovely, lovely time. I, I, I gotta say, hard, hard to think of a better place to live. Tim's not the only famous person moving house in the United States at the moment. I think Tim's moving by choice, though. I hope. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be dragged out by his fingernails. Uh, Blue Shirts Breakaway, uh, still going twice weekly during the pandemic and, you know, all year round. 
Well done for that, by the way. Um, how have you found topics to talk about? Because, I mean, if, if Saints have an international break or whatever, or the off-season, me and Kev just like, we just, we're just done. We don't want to talk to each other. Uh, how, how do we find topics to talk about? Uh, we basically bash our heads against the wall, and whatever idea sticks is the one we do. It, it got, it, it, I'm not going to lie, it got dark. Doing two episodes a week um, for, about a hockey team that has played three times in the last nine months before this week, it, it got a little bleak. There were, there may have been an episode about uh, comparing New York Rangers to Pokemon, and which <laughs> yep. which Rangers which Pokemon. Uh, I heard I heard you gentlemen took our sorting hat idea with Harry Potter. Oh no, we haven't done it. We're going to do it. Oh, today. you haven't done it yet. We're going to do it today with you. Oh, fantastic! I, I'm I'm well versed in the sorting hat because of because of that. Yeah, I'm just happy hockey's back. The Rangers stunk it up in the oh. first game of the year, and then finally played well the second game of the year. But oh, even yeah. though they they played so terribly that first game, I honestly was just happy to be angry about a hockey game again. Very nice, very <laughs> yes. warm feeling inside. I, I got up, no, I didn't. Go, I stayed up to watch that uh, opening night against the Islanders, and I yeah, I went to bed like gone three, and I, I watched the whole thing, and it was just like, why am I doing this? I could have watched it the next day because I didn't have to go to work or anything, but just didn't turn up, did we? And then you know, yesterday, bit of sweet revenge on them, five nil win over the Islanders. Surely. Nice. Buchnevich, Panarin. Actually, didn't I uh, predict Buchnevich to score the first goal? I think you did. Uh, well, you cheated. For <laughs> uh, the world yeah. needs to know. So Ray, I assume Ray, for the most part, runs the in that number Twitter account as well as his own personal Twitter account. Oh, we do. And we do both. We do both on that. We. Uh, I, I ran a contest saying if you can accurately predict the goal score of the Rangers' first goal of the year, I will send out Blue Shirts Breakaway merchandise. And Ray, being the entrepreneur that he is, first commented on his personal account. And then I saw that the In That Number account also made a guess. And I was like, "I bullshit, Kevin is making a guess on which Rangers going to score the opening goal here. But the important thing is, Kev, I got it right. So. Yeah, with your first guess or the second? Uh, I can't remember, to be honest. I just thought, yeah, why not? I just do both. Never know. Um, hopes for the season for the Rangers, Greg. They're a super young team, which is always fun to root for because that typically means anything can happen. They're in a absolute monster of a division. Mm. I I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll be super entertaining along the way. That's what I hope. That's what I hope. And the Knicks, being the Knicks, started bright. Five wins from six, followed by five straight losses. A uh, nice easy game against the Celtics tonight at TD Garden should be good. Um, is RJ going to learn to shoot? Uh, fifty fifty at this point. <sighs> it's been painful. I have literally been watching him with my head in my hands. It's just, oh, I can't believe it. It's um, but high hopes for the Mets this uh next season. Uh, almost too high of hopes. Uh, I'm starting. I'm starting to get my make myself a little nervous about how possibly fun <laughs> and good and competitive that the Mets will be. So I'm, I'm sure it'll all come crashing down sooner or later. It, it, it's only a matter of time. I, I, I've trained. It's been 32 years of this now, so I'm pretty well trained in the Mets breaking my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm, I'm hardened. <laughs> um, well, I'm convinced there's going to be a title in New York this year. It's not going to be Buffalo, but it's going to be Brooklyn. I do like, I do like the Liberty's lineup. I think they have a chance this year. So you <laughs> might be right there. Well, what about the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, they're not in New York. Come on. That's not in New York. <laughs> Tim, your teaser. All right, guys. Uh, let's take a look here. Would you never have to tie your shoes again, or would you never have to untangle your headphones again? Mm, headphones. I go shoes. I don't like tying my shoes. No, I, I kind of like. I just slip my shoes on. My top, my my laces are always done up. I just slip my shoes on. Um, but my uh, headphones. Uh, your shoes gonna get untied today, just because you said that. You know that, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Probably. No, I'd go. I'd go headphones because those things piss me off every day. Um, easy one. Shoes. Uh, well, it is a little, a little task you can cut out in a day. But also, I have wireless headphones, so it's not really a problem for me. Uh, it's tricky. I think tying my shoes because I do it more often, and that would save me more time in the long run than untangling my headphones. Because I can walk and still untangle my headphones at the same time, but that's, you have to sit point. down. You have to sit down and physically tie your shoes, and there's nothing else you can do at that point in time. <laughs> Good point.
This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news then. Uh, guys, probably the biggest story coming out this week was our financial figures. They were released for the 2019-20 season, and as expected, it's not happy reading. A net loss of 76.1 million. Match day revenue fell from 17 million to 14 and a half. That's per match. Broadcasting revenue was hit, and that was from 112 to 93.5 as a consequence of the campaign finishing after June. And we had the additional admin costs and expenses, which allowed us to, you know, the use of the training facilities to remain open. And you had to make it COVID friendly, which comes at a cost too. Kev, why why was that such a big net loss in terms of broadcasting? Because all of the games were televised after Project Restart. But was it just a case of like, I don't know, Sky, BT, Amazon weren't paying out as much per game to these certain clubs? You know, instead of like negotiating with with four fixtures before Project Restart, they now have to pay out for 10 fixtures per weekend. You know, big TV Um, companies not paying out as much. I don't think it's so much that. I mean, you can look at it in a kind of Britannocentric way, but uh, it is a, a globally popular league. And a lot of the contracts with international broadcasters have been curtailed, like famously the Chinese broadcaster um, that wouldn't pay up. So, yeah, I think it's more about international revenue than uh, the Premier League. But I don't know, and I guess that whole pay-per-view scandal must have something to do with it also. Of course, yeah. I mean, we, we, we got a hefty, you know, bit of income for finishing 11th, so don't forget that. I can't quite remember what they were paying out, but that, that, that probably went down. Um, transfer business was hit as well, um, with the market opening in July after the latest financial year had ended. Um, and if you look at the, uh, the sales on the, from the previous summer of Charlie Austin and Sam Gallagher, that was offset by the incomings of Shay Adams, Musa Gineppo, and had to pay a little bit of a, a bad loan for Kevin Danso. But, I mean, the main thing is all the clubs are feeling the pinch, right? Some of them more than others, but that £3.5 million per match, that's got to be massive, right? And we're not necessarily blaming all this on... Les Reed's legacy. No, I think you and I are slowly moving away from it, and I think we're seeing the last of those um, Les Reed era flop signings uh, go their way, and we'll slowly be leaving the financial consequences of that of that behind. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's all COVID, really, isn't it? Um, I don't know if you've seen, but the Saints are closing down the West Key store as well. Yeah, I have seen so, that. Yeah. That's an end of the era as well. Danny Ings tested positive, of course, so missed that Leicester game, which leads us nicely into Tim's injury report. Wow, this thing is really, really long. <laughs> so uh, let's what about talk the injury report. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the actual ability for people to feel the team because now let's just go with uh, McCarthy was able to return. He's the only one who who was able to return from the previous injury. Currently, we still have Vestigard out. Uh, his knee injury is still a problem. No timetable for him. His return. DJ is still out. He's feeling fragile as well. Made of glass, as we know, hamstring injury. Romeo. His calf strain is still an issue. Uh, they did say he practiced recently, so that was kind of surprised that he didn't come back, but it kind of wasn't all at the same time. Maybe they're trying to rest him. Maybe they'll play him against Shrewsbury Town. Maybe he won't be available. We'll, we'll fi- figure that out. Tella is the only one that I didn't know. He's unknown currently, uh, why he's currently out. Just had a muscle problem with him in the, uh, in the notes before the game. Just a muscle problem? Okay. Uh, Ings obviously out with COVID. Obafemi had the muscle issue that he had to have surgery on, and Salisu once again was out. Uh, unknown exactly. We did see a good article on him that, that you guys might talk about, but he had some trouble with injuries, but then also the adjustment to cold weather. Um, that's that. And during the game, Smallbone had a massive knock on the outside of his right knee, which I can talk about maybe a little bit more during our match report. What about Rickman? Oh, yeah, Redmond's out, too. <laughs> yeah, Redmond's still out, yeah. Muscle problem. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> Greg, uh, I don't know if you've heard like the, the, the FA released a statement regarding new COVID protocols, and you know as new cases continue to rise, clubs have been asked to remain vigilant. Uh, some questions are being asked over goal celebrations, and we saw yesterday with, when Madison scored the first for Leicester, telling his team to back up. What's the point in this, Greg? Because, I mean, if they're isolating or they're in the same bubble, is it just for show on the pitch? I don't get this. Yeah, to me it feels like something that you would put in there for show. It, it, it's, you think about it, I, soccer more than 
many other sports. Oh, I, I, sorry, football more than any other Ooh. sports. Um, there, sure, there's more moments of social distance when you're physically on the pitch, but come on. If there's a corner, you think these guys are standing farther apart than they would be if they're celebrating a goal together? Well, I don't so know. Jack, Jack Stevens was standing pretty far away from, from Madison. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look. In, in this crazy time, in this crazy world that we live in, there's a part of me that is kind of happy that fucking Jack fucking Stevens is back in my life. I, there was, there was, it, it's like a sense of normalcy. It, it's, it's nature healing. So it's, it's somewhat refreshing to see. But yeah, the gold celebrations, it, that's just kind of silly. Like that's not going to be what, how you get COVID playing a sport in the middle of a pandemic if you hug your teammate after a goal. Trust me, if being in the locker room with all those guys, the pregame warm-ups, the it's 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 kind of lunacy. But listen, if it helps people out in the public practice uh better protocols as well, then it's all worth it. Yeah. But it, it's I don't know, it, it it doesn't it doesn't really seem to be a difference maker of a rule in my opinion. No, I mean, you know, they all went up into the into the dressing room at the end of the game to celebrate. They were hugging and, and doing everything anyway. So it just seems a bit pointless to me. Can, 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 I, can I just it's, it's great to see uh, Southampton complying strictly with these COVID protocols by not scoring any goals and therefore uh, <laughs> not celebrating the goals at all. Um, yeah. Doing our bit. Yeah, look, yeah, I mean, joking aside, right, but you think about it. Um, Danny Hingsley, he's... Tested positive for COVID. None of the other team, well, at least at the same time as Danny, have tested positive. And, you know, they must be in, in if not every day, every other day for, for training and other reasons. So if you can minimise contact between players, then um, you're probably minimising the risk of another player being out. And, you know, that's the last fucking thing we need at the moment, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Can't be doing with that. Uh, Leeds game postponed to make way for our third round tie with Shrewsbury Town on Tuesday. Um, and the draws for the fourth and fifth round have been concluded. Um, and if we get through Tuesday night, we will be facing another home tie, this time against Arsenal. Um, the fifth round would be Chorley or Wolves. So it's a nice, easy route there. Um, Kevin, shall we jump on the transfer roundabout? <laughs> Let's jump out the transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> Crashing down. Yeah, let's hop on. Okay. Uh, Ralph has commented this week saying that we are in the market, uh, but players for the future. So it will be like in positions that they already have cover in and it would just be to bulk up the depth charts and I guess think for the future. Um, But have you heard of any rumours at all? I'm coming in. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Vitoria Guimarães defender Jorge Fernandes. Have we, have we mentioned this before? No, I thought I couldn't if I wanted to. Um. Yeah. Apparently, that's a rumor. Okay. Um. The only real action is that um. Yeah. Callum Slattery. He's off to Gillingham to join Tommy O'Connor and Tyreek Magic Johnson mm. in League One. There. Um. Yeah, I haven't seen much from him. I think last season we thought that he'd be next breakthrough midfielder, but um hasn't really happened for him this season. Uh, which is which is a shame. I think he he could have definitely appeared on that bench last night. Yeah. Yeah, he would have um, been one of the uh one of the veterans on that bench, wouldn't he? Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. I mean I don't know his loan spell at the Crafts Club last season. I don't know if that did much for him in terms of playing time. And um, getting up to speed. Yeah, I think it's going to be like the Saints seating now, Julian, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have heard a couple more rumours. A 29-year-old Brazilian midfielder, Wellington, uh, has been... Oh, he talked Yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, Matthias Svanberg, a midfielder from Bologna, although Ooh. Milan and Leicester are interested. And let's face it, I don't think we did ourselves any favours last night, did we, losing to them, so... Definitely show, but we need more players. Yeah. Um, Adam Blackmore had an interview with Ryan Bertrand over his extension, um, and he was very honest. Well, hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, he was very honest, um, and he said he wants to stay at the club and he loves being here, uh, and the deal isn't far off. If you want to check that out, go on to Adam Blackmore's Twitter. Um, there's a little 50, 50 second interview that you can uh, check out. Um, I'm confident with that one, but yeah. 
Um, and that that is it from me for news. All right. Right. Okay, guys. We'll um we'll go into the Leicester game then. Go, going in, I think we come in with quite high spirits. Didn't we following that fantastic victory against Liverpool last week? Um, and a good record at the King Power, taking eight points in the last four meetings. The last two were two-one wins. Weirdly, 31% of Leicester's Premier League points this season have been won at home, uh, the lowest ratio in the division. Uh, they've lost four of their eight home games. Uh, we, of course, were looking to keep a run of clean sheets and extend it to four. The first time that's happened since our run of six in January, February 2016. Uh, all season, we've kept eight clean sheets in the 17 matches, just one fewer than in the 38 games last season. Also, our away, our away record is uh, is in our favour. Seven away on the bounce, dating back to the opening day at Palace. The 11 against Leicester. McCarthy, uh, Walker-Peters, Bednarik, Stevens, Bertrand, Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Diallo, Smallbone, Adams, Walcott. Three changes then, Greg. Uh, Macca comes back in. Ings out with a positive test, so Shea steps back in for him. And Smallbone in for Gineppo. I suppose it was all that Ralph could do with that team, really. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't have a problem with the starting 11. Uh, with the amount of injuries the Saints have, there's only so much you can do at a certain point. It was a little jarring to see Smallbone and Diallo in the lineup at the same time because I, I kind of always envisioned those two playing a very similar role with the Saints. Uh, I just got to say, you, you guys talked about earlier about how Southampton had a pretty significant uh deficit in terms of revenue generated this year they're gonna owe me money if they're gonna have to make me keep watching Shane Long I'm out I'm tired of it I've said it on the podcast before he's my least favorite saint maybe of all time I he's he's an energizer energized on that doesn't do shit and I'm, I'm tired of watching him I knew as soon as he was gonna come on the pitch he was gonna cause me an ulcer and I just if I have to watch him anymore I'm, I'm gonna put my head through a wall I can't do it <laughs> I think he has been he has been put in positions to fail that. I mean, whenever whenever he comes on, we're in, we're in losing positions, and it's it's not in his favor. I, I don't want to hear excuses. I, I really <laughs> don't. He's he he wants to be a striker. If you want to be a striker, you have to come on in situations in which you're losing. Like he's I don't want to I don't want I don't have time for players that are ball possession strikers that are only here to help preserve a two nothing win. And if you start giving up goals, he's not going to help you at all. He just doesn't do anything. Yeah, I, I can't stand him. I really can't. He hasn't done much for the last couple of years, granted, yeah. Um, that bench then, Forster, Long, Valerie, Vokins and Lundaloo, Will Ferry, Alan Chapchit, Caleb Watts, Keggs, Chalker, paper thin again. Uh, scary prospect. Um, but like you said, Greg, happy with the starting 11. The only 11 that Ralph could actually pick. But what did you think of that preschool on the bench? A couple of those guys intrigue me. Like I, I still ride pretty hard for Valerie. I still, I'm getting more and more excited about, um, Ndundaloo. Is, is that how you say Ndundaloo. Ndundaloo. I, I like him. I honestly, it's Lester, so it would have been hard to justify it, but he would have been a very interesting starting candidate in that game. I bet you he starts against Shrewsbury. Yeah. I bet you he gets a ton of run in that game. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he does as well. Um, Tim, Kevin, comparing our, our depth to Lester's, I mean, their, their bench, like Mendy Pereira. Mm. Perez, Sonchu, Iheanacho. But, you know, they have a massive game against Chelsea on Tuesday, so but they still have the depth, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they've got a squad that can play in European competitions, um, that they can churn through players. I mean, they've got a few injuries to their own, but, um, yeah, that just, just shows the, the weakness of our squad. I think, to be fair, uh, a nine-man bench does overexpose you to, to that sort of thing, but um, I think... Maybe it might be in Ralph's favour that it's a bit of a, a kind of a sh- shop window, as it were. Maybe the management can take a look at this and say, maybe we need to need a, a player or two on loan just to tide us over to the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we are looking really rough right now when it comes to depth. Uh, I mean, our our <laughs> the injury report is nine now uh, with McCarthy back and Smallbone going into it. It's it's not impressive at all in any way, shape, or form. But if there's one thing that does give me hope is that I, we trust in Ralph, and if he's trusting in these players to make the right decisions and putting them on the bench and give them the opportunity, uh, I know that if we were just talking about Long making the 
uh, play, he's probably playing the discipline, uh, meaning that he's playing the spots where he's supposed to be. He's just not making any impact while he's there. So to me, we're doing the best we can with what we have. And if you're looking to progress and become a European team, you need to have that depth as we see with Leicester. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but Kev, quite a good start. I thought we looked quite organized. Uh, Vardy was, was kept quiet. Um, did you know that Vardy's uh, scored five goals against us and all of them at St. Mary's? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but the first chance of note was that shot from Harvey Barnes and that terrific save from Macca. But other than that, it was quite a, quite a decent start, I thought, for Saints. Yeah, we we were looking strong and we settled into it quite well. And it kind of heated up into a, a, a kind of midfield tactical battle. Um, they're both playing quite a similar style of football. They're kind of Leicester were... Out, trying to out Southampton, Southampton, or um, or vice versa. Um, yeah, with the the high press, I'm so glad that we weren't playing a high line because um, they they would have thrived yeah, on that. Vardy would have got got, got him behind the yeah. yeah, but it's good to see see him be frustrated that uh, I thought our defence was quite well disciplined. Um, but yeah, credit credit to Leicester, their their, their defence looked looked even better. Uh, I think it was really tough for us to to get through them at all. And, yeah, Adams Adams was looking quite hot, wasn't he? And um, there was some you know, good link-up play with him and Theo. I was quite quite confident in that first half, for the first half an hour. I thought, if we can you know, push through a bit of clever play, get Theo, um, do one of his uh, master runs, and uh, Adams with his one of his little dispossessing and uh, smart little balls through, and, yeah, we could easily be in a goal up. Um didn't happen though, did it? It didn't. And and Greg, that the goal. I mean, it came from Madison. Uh, was Stevens allowing Madison to turn him too easily? You know, you can't keep up with him. Yes, it was a great finish. Um, but in the build-up, Diallo was bringing mm-hmm. the ball out, uh, foul all day long. And then McManaman talked about VAR for the foul and and how about how far back it was. But why didn't he blow for the foul at the time of it? Now, why is that relevant? I'm an odd bird when it comes to it. Like, I, I, I acknowledge any time an official misses a call, and I understand that it has rippling effects from there, and it's it's essentially like a butterfly effect. Like, if one thing goes differently here, then does this happen over here, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I, I just, as soon as the call isn't made, you just have to get back to playing. Sure. And yeah. it's, it was, it, all credit to Madison. I mean, he turned... Absolutely nothing into something. Jack Stevens helped him a little bit, but that was just a top class finish. That at that point, there's nothing McCarthy could do. It it was top shelf from a no angle. Mm. Um, it's it, it was disappointing. Um, the lead up to it, I, I believe uh, the announcers would call it a pleasant game for a neutral, right? Because there was just non. It seemed like there was nonstop action on both ends of the pitch. Um, yeah, it I. I didn't think Southampton deserved to be down one nothing at halftime, but at the same time, I think Leicester was creating enough opportunities where it was only a matter of time until Southampton broke a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't like blaming the officials for, for losses and stuff, but you know, because like you said, if Stevens had a doubt with Madison, then we wouldn't even be discussing this this foul anyway. Um, but well, Tim, even, even before it, sorry, in the build up, if he hadn't just sent the ball straight to all Brighton. Um, we could have avoided that. I mean, there were so many phases of play between that foul sure. and the goal. Deal with it, yeah. Um, yeah, so many chances to deal with it. Mm, Tim, yeah, uh, looked quite cagey, but but competitive still. Um, and, and Greg said it. I feel the same. I didn't feel like Leicester. Well, I didn't feel like that we des- we didn't deserve to be one nil down, in my opinion. And had Leicester done enough? To be leading at the break? So is equal footing on either end. So they had some great counters and some great through balls and some great plays. We had some absolutely gorgeous play. There are some one touches there that you they knew exactly where the other person was. It felt like they knew where the person was without even having to look there based on the runs and the positionings and the discipline. So I'm going to chalk that up to Ralph knowing and being able to put the right people in the right place but also making the right system. Uh, so when it comes to Madison, uh, Madison's shot was a .1 XG, and it reminded me of when Landon Donovan roofed the ball in the 2014 World Cup against Slovenia, where it's just a complete hard angle, 
and he did the best that he could with what he, you know, in the positioning that he was at. And so props to Madison for finishing, and that's where the clinicalness comes into play. So if he's able to make that, that's it. Like, that's all we can really do at that point. So, um, did you, you say know, that was seeing, point, did you say that was point one? Point one. Wow. Point one, because of based on the angle and everything, mm. that's, it was, it, it was, that makes it all the be- the benefit for the clinical finish. Whereas for us, while we looked really good, there weren't any real chances. And so looking through the, and connecting the dots, it's based, it was based off that one clinical finish that put them ahead. So. Yeah. That's there. There's splitting hairs, but it's just that finish that made the chance. That's it. Yeah, and if we had scored that goal, Kev would have had a boner for that. I'm sure you would have, Kev. Oh well, yeah, no, yeah. If, if Shane Longland scored it, yeah, I'd be juicing up the walls. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a, no fair play to, to James Madison. I mean, it was, it was brilliant play. Um, he doesn't go. To, I mean, Jack Stevens does. Give Stevens realizes like, oh yeah, probably can't get away with much more of this, and I'm the wrong side of him. Fuck, what do I do? Babe Narek's coming in. Um, but yeah, he's really smart to to lift the ball up rather than um, go for the near or far posts. Um, yeah, just a, he's a great he's a great player, Madison. Yeah, I've just taken him out my fantasy football team as well. Smart one, Ray. <laughs> yes, he's guaranteed to score. Isn't he? Yeah. Um, some stats at the break then. Um, slightly edging the possession to fifty-one percent. Uh, two shots, two on target, but they had six shots with two on target. Well, obviously one rippled the net and one fine save from Maka, but. 100% for us, so they're 33%, so yeah. But 50% of their shots on target went in, so. Uh, but we had more touches, passes, um, we just couldn't do enough with it in that first half, well, in, in the whole game, actually. But without key players against a team like Leicester, it's, it's always going to be a struggle. But I was looking at it at half-time, and I was thinking, who in this starting eleven is going to make something happen? I know we work hard and, you know, every man does the job and the pressing was, was good and it was there. And, but it's just it's just not enough. But, Kev, I mean, I, I was encouraged by the work ethic um, and all-round play in the first half, despite being a goal down, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, you think we're, we're, still, we're still in it. I mean, I, I don't know about saying that, you know, one, going in 1-0 down at half-time is harsh. Um, no, they were just as good. I mean, we, we could have easily been 1-0 up um, if, if we'd had a similar effort. But... Yeah, I, I was really, like I said, really impressed with uh, Walcott and, and Adams in that first half. But yeah, going into the second half, um, they kind of just fizzled out. I mean, you think that they haven't played for 12 days and they just looked knackered after an hour. Yeah, it's, it, the thin squad as well. It's, there's nothing that's going to come off the bench and do anything. Uh, Tim, I just want to talk to you about Smallbone. Um, he goes down, and as he's falling, his knee, it looked, well, it looked pretty nasty. Yes, yeah, so there's two points. One was the actual collision, uh, with somebody else's, I can't think of who it was, but hit the outside just above the, where the patella is. So seeing there's a bunch of number of bones alongside, along with some tendons and that, it didn't look like he hit a lot of muscle, which in that case, you, I would actually prefer the, to the, the muscle to the bone contact, so it could have been, uh, e- like I said, a bone-to-bone contact, which is no bueno. It's not very good at all. Mm-hmm. So to me, seeing that alongside with an awkward step, which didn't allow for a full plant, there was a very uh, very small plant that he had, whether I think it was just the front half of the foot, whereas you, if you do have a positioning where you get a full uh, shot from the outside of the knee, you want a, a heel-to-toe step, which will allow for a release of pressure. It was unfortunate. It was real bad, and it's gonna be. It's gonna knock him out because it's it's not gonna heal very well, and it's not like a, like I said, a muscular injury where you can get a lot more blood flow to the area. Whereas if it's a bone or a tendon or something like that, it's gonna take a lot longer to heal. I just wanted to say um, we were talking about how Southampton looked like they just ran out of gas once they hit the 60 minute mark. Those first five minutes of the second half, it seemed. Surely that Southampton was going to tie the game up. I was convinced. Oh yeah, the Walcott. They came out guns blazing. Come straight to Walcott at one point, didn't it? And he just uh, came at him really, really quick. And he just, you know. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah, it just it once once they got to the 50th minute, it it seemed like the all momentum came out of their sails, and it was they were kind of just going through the motions at that point. And then you start having to dip into a bench that we talked about before, where there's just no experience and no real source of goal generation coming onto that pitch. It's it almost seemed like as soon as Lester buoyed that first initial rush by Southampton to start the second half, it game at that point never seemed in doubt for Lester, which was a bummer. 
Uh, Armstrong had that hit. That oh, smashes the bar. Wow. That was incredible. Um, but there was a there was a moment as well, like Bednarek clearing off the line from Barnes. That was excellent. And then McCarthy made a crucial save um, when Vardy was one on one. That was an excellent save. But Greg, I think we managed this game as best as we could with the players that we had. And I thought, I know you're you're probably going to disagree with the, with the long sub, but I thought he managed the subs subs quite well too. Obviously, one of yeah, them was forced. Anytime you bring on long, it's a bad, it's a bad substitution. But it's a, in Ralph's defense, in Ralph's defense, what the hell is he, what the hell else is he supposed to do with this lineup? Look, Southampton was competitive with 60% of their normal lineup against a top six team in the Premier League. I, sure, you always want to get a result. You always want points, especially when Southampton has been playing as well as they have this entire year. But that wasn't, that wasn't a bad performance from Southampton. Sometimes the better team just wins. Yeah. And Leicester yesterday was the better team. I don't think there's that, that, that's no disrespect to Southampton. That's, it's just a statement of fact. As currently constructed with the players available, Southampton was the inferior side. They played Leicester probably even for the majority of the game. But at some point when you're playing a better team, talent shows and Leicester has it in spades. So I, I don't think a Saints fan could come away disappointed in that result um it's sometimes you just don't have it yesterday was one of those days yeah no i second that i mean i've got here on my final thoughts of the game it was just like we had our moments um and it was yeah it was just one of those ones that you just have to take your lumps and move on and i think we still played well and the press was evident and importantly with with that team we made Leicester work really hard for it um, and that, they'll tell you that. Can we go back and talk about the Bertrand yellow car real quick? Yeah, that's, I thought it was fucking hilarious with what he did. <laughs> it was such a Bertrand move. Okay? It was, yeah. So instead of like a professional fall where you're like, you take out the guy as he's running through, he literally takes a two forearm shove to the guy who's throwing the ball in, <laughs> trying to do a quick counter. He looks at the ref, recognizes that it wasn't like a foul or anything, and he's like, well, screw this. And he just literally just shoves the guy right in front <laughs> of the Leicester and the Southampton bench on the other side and he just looks around and he's like eh fuck it oh well <laughs> I get the, I'll take the I'll take uh you know I'll take um whatever you know take the yellow card I'll take the suspension and if it was please correct it, me yeah. if I'm wrong but I think it's just for the Shrewsbury Town game is that correct or is it for uh, the next one carry over. no it will be, be Premier League yeah so they so it will be the Premier it will yeah, be yeah he'll, he'll miss the Arsenal game yeah so he'll miss Arsenal, so Vulcans will have to play at that point. So Vulcans are going to have to play two games in a row. Well, actually, no, Bertrand will probably play then because Vulcans will get the start. Yeah, there uh, you go. That's, that's what he's done it for. He's just given us a stronger team against Shrewsbury, that's all. Yeah, holy shit, though, man. It was hilarious because I'm like, that is not anything like any, – like, that is not anything that you would play in a normal game. Like, he just went up and just was like, boom. I remember when he did something stupid, what was it against, was it Lukaku or somebody like that a while back, where he just like ends up like full on just trying to tackle the guy, you know, on a counter attack and he whiffs, or he hits him, but he still whiffs and the guy pushes through. Uh, I forget what he did, like a fly, like as a flying body check and he still missed. Um, <laughs> but Bertrand's just a scrappy fighter and at 30, you know, he's 30, he knows, he's a smart guy, knows when to play. So good for him on doing that, but. Damn, that was uh, that was crazy. That was so much fun to well, watch. But uh, also, it, if you were Lester, though, I'd be like, "What the fuck? Seriously?" Yeah. <laughs> when it happened, I was like, "Yes, Bertrand, I love it," and I laughed. And then I sort of, <laughs> then it just sort of like hit me. Thought, "Fuck, what an idiot! Why did you do that?" Just for, oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss him now. But yeah, it was um, it, like you said, it was very um. It was it was a Bertrand thing to do. Yeah, he did it on purpose because there was it there they were outnumbered. There was a it was four on two or something like that. Professional foul. (laughs) It was a professional foul, but in a way that was not anywhere near professional. (laughs) Bertrand must have gone through the same thought process of you. So, oh, this will be funny. Oh fuck, I'm going to be suspended. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, him and Prowse need to open up a a school of shithousery when they retire from football. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, the goal, the final goal, the final now in the coffin, really. Uh, Barnes finishing us off and Stevens with the assist, apparently. No idea what he was doing with that. When, in that, you know, you've you got seconds to go. They're not, they're not throwing the Hail Mary in. They're just passing it backwards and forwards. And then uh, for some reason, Stevens thinks it's a good idea to pass it to Leicester. And then obviously they break from it and score. But 
two nails to say. Um, final thoughts on the game then, chaps? Hey, we beat Liverpool the week before, so let's just ride high from that for the next couple, for the next little while, and let's hope the youth can play well against Shrewsbury and get some good uh, get some good game time in. We're really missing Danny Ings and Yannick Vestergaard. I think you know there are other players like Romelu, but they do for squad depth. But I think I I don't know if it was the alcohol or the other stuff. But I was just happy to go 90 minutes without a single person mentioning 9 nothing. That was oh. very nice. Oh, I don't, I mean, they mentioned it on our broadcast quite a bit. I, I don't think, I don't think the score, that score line was ever uttered on the NBC broadcast here in the States. And uh, yes, yes it was. It was the, like I was because I missed it. They referenced, <laughs> they referenced it without the number at the seven second mark. <laughs> they said the, the scoreline at the four minute and forty second, uh, forty eight second mark. Fucking out, Tim. There was another one that was caught. I just, uh, I did not write it down in my notes exactly, but yeah, we we definitely hit it right around. It's like a thirtieth minute mark. Oh, four seconds in the coverage, seven seconds, forty, uh, four minutes and forty eight seconds, and then twenty five fifty seven, where uh, was the nine zero as well. <laughs> in so, my defense. I started drinking early, <laughs> so I'm pleading the fifth. I, I want to call this up on on Twitter because um, yeah, Carl Anker just before the match um, says, uh, "Sit your drink anytime the broadcast pundits or commentators do any of the following: one, mention the nine nil; two, call it a four four two." Three say credit to Southampton for sticking to the manager and giving him a chance. But yeah, I think he's probably responsible for some serious liver damage across the country. <laughs> man of the match, then, Greg. Who would you give man of the match to? While I don't think any, well, not Shane Long. While, <laughs> while I don't think anyone in the starting eleven necessarily had a bad game, I don't. I also don't think there yeah. wasn't really a player that shined above. Jack fucking Stevens. <laughs> I mean, he did have an assist, so credit yeah. where credit is due. Yeah. I'd probably, I guess I'd probably say, um, Bednarok, mostly because while Lester was getting chances until that Madison goal, none of them were overly concerning, and I have to credit. Anytime I want to credit the back four, I feel like I go to Jan first and foremost. So I'd probably give it to him, or McCarthy. McCarthy did some Herculean stuff in net to keep this game more competitive mm. than it probably should have been. Probably can't go wrong with either of those two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Diallo was good. I thought, you know, joint led to the team in tackles, and Bednarek was solid, and crucial blocks, clearance off the line. But I'm going to give mine to McCarthy because, you know, we could have been out of this game a lot earlier than we were. Um, the save on Barnes and Vardy, were, the saves on them were, were excellent. Um, and I do want to say one thing about Stevens. Yes, you can point the finger at him for their, well, both their goals, really. Um, but... He did lead the team in blocks and tackles, and you know he just gets exposed because of his lack of pace. But let's not forget, right, that this season with Stevens, six games and four clean sheets. Without him, eleven games and only four clean sheets. So he does do a lot of good, more good than bad, I think it's fair to say. Um, and it's just when he's bad, it's it's just almost comical, isn't it? But he he, he wasn't that bad yesterday, to be fair. Uh, Armstrong was the only he- person who had te- uh, teeth, tooth. Basically, he's the only one who made uh, a significant impact going forward, in my opinion. So I'll go. I'll give it give it to Armstrong. Brilliant, because um, I, I was going to do a, a tactical award because uh, I got two candidates. I, I say I don't think it was, but there was particularly outstanding uh, performances from anyone really. Um, and then aside from Stevens, I don't think we can really criticise. Uh, maybe I thought Walker Peters was, was was quite weak again down that that right hand side. He, he kept um, losing the ball um, really carelessly and um, just just constantly getting beat. He doesn't seem to be um, his former self. But um, yeah, it's between Armstrong and Bednarik for me. And I thought if if no one's going to give it to Armstrong, I will. But uh, yeah, Bednarik was the only one who got me out of my seat. I mean, that, that Armstrong chance that hit the bar, yeah, that was, that was the closest we got to a decent goal. Uh, but, yeah, that double save, I mean, you know, just stick a pair of gloves on him and just put him in goal. Just, uh, yeah, heading it off the line as well. 
Um, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And I think if you put Bednarik and Stevens next to each other like they are, um, the the worse Stevens looks, the the better Bednarik looks. So it's it's Yannick for me. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Um, now, I was planning on doing a Leeds preview with you, but um, alas, we have to chat Shrewsbury now. I know nothing about Shrewsbury, by the way. Um, but all I know it's is that... Yes, I know that. Thank you, Kevin. Um, Shrewsbury, Bros. Bros. What is the matter with me today? Shrewsbury, Bros. Steve Cottrell will not be attending <laughs> St. Mary's as he's continuing to recover from COVID. But I guess the only thing that we need to discuss here, guys, is who's going to get the start on Tuesday. Are we going to see Lindelou from the off? Maybe Teller, although Teller's injured, I suppose. Uh, Vokins or Valerie, maybe. But, Greg, are we finally going to get to see a bit of Mohamed Salisi? Um, I hope so. I, I, I ask my friends all the time if he actually signed with the Saints. It isn't just like a fever dream that I had over the summer. Um, if it, it, I guess it comes down to health, right? There doesn't seem to be a more natural easing into that Salisu could get than a game against Shrewsbury Town in a somewhat important matchup. It's like if no matter what happens, almost doesn't matter the 11 that Southampton runs out there, even the depleted 11, they should be Shrewsbury. I don't think any of us should uh, think otherwise at this point. Mm. So if, 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 if that could be the introduction to Salisu to this lineup, that'd be great. Um, I sure hope in Lindelou plays. I, I I don't think it would make any sense to run Adams out there, especially since Adams is coming off the concussion, and it's such a quick turnaround from the set Saturday game. Um, it'll it'll be like I, I expect I would totally expect Jan Valerie to get the start mm. on Tuesday as well. Um, it's actually kind of a bummer that Smallbone got picked up the knock on Saturday because he could have also gotten more run against Shrewsbury. It'll It'll be a super interesting starting eleven. I would, I would, my guess from Saturday's starting eleven, I would say less than, I would say less than five are rolled into Tuesday. I'd be surprised yeah. if the number was more than five. Yeah, that sounds about right. Although I will say one thing as well that we've got an actual, we've got seven days after this one before our next game, so we've got a full week off. So shouldn't be a problem with um with tired legs going in from this one to the Arsenal game. Uh, but I mean. Tim, how serious is Ralph going to take this game? Well, with seeing that we have nine people on the injury report, uh, he's got to take it with consideration that he does want to put out some lineup and give people some chances, but the people who he's, who are giving chances to, or a lot of them, are going to be injured. So Tella, this would have been a prime game for him to start. Obafemi, this would have been a prime game for him to start. You know, Smallbone just got injured. So we're looking at a number of chances that People could have started, and they're not going to be able to take. So to me, I think you know you're, he's going to play a, ha- a half the lineup that we had against uh, just that we just played against. And I'm thinking Forster is going to get the start. Bertrand, since um, maybe well may- maybe Vokins will get it. Uh, Salisu, if he, since he wasn't on the bench, I don't think he's going to play. I think he's still out with some sort of injury right now. Uh, then you're looking at Stevens and maybe some other, you know, King Ramsey, if he's still, uh, or if he's not on loan, I forget now. No, he's still here. And he's still here? Okay. So then we've got Valerie, maybe potentially switching up with KWP. We're playing in that right winger now because we don't have a lot of wingers. I think Ward Prowse is still going to start. Um, I think Shane Long and Lindelou are going to start. I think Walt. Sorry, Walt, Greg. Still, yeah, you, you, I think you could, Tim. Tim, you could just kill me right now. That, <laughs> right. that sounds great. I'm, I ain't watching. If Shane Long's in the starting eleven, I'm not turning that game on. What happens, right now. what happens if he I'll scores a hat trick? What, what happens if he scores a hat trick? I'll send you two hundred dollars American. <laughs> so that's like thirteen, thirteen sterling or whatever you guys got in England. But I, I will, I will physically take money on my bank account and give it to you if Shane Long scores a hat trick. Well, just one. Well, we each. Love it. Yeah, each. Yeah. yeah, each. I and for every listener too. I'll just I'll give money out to everybody. Brilliant, love it. You know, got a full week off after this one because we play Shrewsbury on the Tuesday, Tuesday the nineteenth. It's on BT Sport by the way, eight PM kickoff. And then, you know, the next league game is is Arsenal on the twenty sixth. But then a short turnaround after that, Kev, with Villa four days after. But crucially, there's three home games in a row. But I mean, Kev, how would you like? Ralph to approach this competition and this tie in particular because you know we have our route set to the quarterfinals now if we want it do you want to see more of the youth get some action or do you want a full strength you know 
given that they've got a week off afterwards, or perhaps a little bit of both? What do you want? Um, I would say a bit of both normally, but um, because that way you can always you know bring on the stronger, more you know first team players to turn the result around or you know take them off to rest them. But we've got so many players out at the moment that um, I think we do need to to rest a lot of the squad. And if he is putting faith in this team, who do work well together as the B team, um, I'd be happy with him putting out that bench, basically, with um, um, yeah, a few established players like Prousey, you know, he's definitely going to be in there. Um, Bertrand's going to be suspended for the Arsenal game, so I guess he's going to have to play, play both the camp games. Um, but yeah, other than that, just have a, a rotation of those... Uh, those youngsters, yes, you know, so could, could see Snatch out in the Wol- Wolston Ferry out <laughs> in that lineup. Wolston Ferry, I like it. Um, predictions then. Greg, I'll start with you. Maybe we should do over under on goals. What do you think? Uh, three, over under. I was, I was gonna say a two nothing Saints win, so I, I would have, I would have taken the under on three, just because, again, I, I, Saints should have the skill and the talent, even with a depleted starting 11 to take care of Shrewsbury Town pretty easily. I do think Ralph is going to lean a little heavier on the youngins. So I, 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 I wouldn't get my hopes up for a ton of goals just because I think the inexperience is going to show itself pretty, pretty quickly. But if, if the Saints don't win comfortably, that's going to be a very disappointing day. So I'll, I'll still say it's 2 nothing. Okay. Tim? It'll be a 2-1 win. Kevin? I'm going with Greg, uh, 2-0. Okay, I'm going three now. Mm. I'm being positive. I'm going to go three now. Uh, Wife Wars. Uh, Gemma's going three nil Saints as well. Um, Marina is going... Also three nil. And Abby is going... Two nil. Okay. Clean sheets all round. Love it. Um, right, Greg. Uh, for our 100th episode, uh, you submitted ten of your questions for the occasion. Thank you for that, by the way. They were great. Um, now I thought I'd take the opportunity to get some of your answers for it. Because oh some some of them left me intrigued as to what you would think as well. Um, I'm not going to read them all. I'll just do a couple. Um, fuck, marry, kill, Ings, Ward, Prowse, Ralph. Uh, well, marry, uh, uh, that was still super easy to me. That man will take care of me for the rest of my life and make me happy every day I wake up. Uh, I, I am I am getting dirty with Danny. That is for sure. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't bring it upon myself to kill him. So sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> Coming to an OnlyFans near you. Yes. Um, how well do you think a team of Remaves would do in the Premier League, and how often would they be down a man? See, for me, this answer is they'd, they'd be perfectly uh, – they'd be in a relegation battle because they would have about – in a 38-game season, there's there's about 16 games in which they're down a man <laughs> because it's uh, – so here in the States, uh, DraftKings every now and then allows you to do a prop bet where you can bet – on whether a player is going to get a yellow card or not, Romeo is my favorite bet of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it pays more than it doesn't, and it's just it's so it's so fun just knowing that it's coming. It's always just a matter of time. Yeah, but to Romeo's credit, he's usually smart enough to know that he's going to get one, and then he'll toe the line on the second one. But he he's been better about not getting two yellows in one game. So props to Romeo. He's he's never been sent off. Never. It's it's. Re- that is a ridiculous fact to me mm. because you, the amount of times he picks up a yellow, you're like, surely there was one game in which he got two, but he, he just, he takes it up to the brink once he gets that first yellow. <laughs> yes. I, I just I imagine him that I'm um, feeling that um, he's got an injury coming on and he's like, just must find someone to foul before I get <laughs> off the pitch. <laughs> Um, which U.S. big four sports do you think would make the best Premier League manager? Who? Uh, I think John Tortorella would be the most entertaining. Oh, I said that. Interview. Oh, I said that. I said it'd be fantastic with the English press. Yeah, he'd he'd have a field day with it. If the English press can't get enough of Jose Mourinho, Mourinho Mourinho has nothing on John Tortorella. No. Um, from a strategic standpoint, ooh, who would my answer well, be? Well, me, me and Tim went Bill Belichick. Yeah, he'd be boring as shit, though. Like, that, <laughs> that wouldn't be fun. They just, like, imagine Jurgen Klopp with no personality. And that, that's what, like, a Bill Belichick soccer team would be. Well, they, he'd be able to, only one be able to adapt to it. Cause he's the only one who probably understands other sports than that. Yeah. That's the only reason I said it. Uh, boy. 
I'm trying to think. Like, Mike D'Antoni would be fascinating just because his teams would score seven goals a game but also give up five. So it, it would just be <laughs> fascinating to see that kind of offensive off, pure offensive coach. Sounds like Bielsa. So Leeds. So yeah, like yeah. Leeds, yeah. They're Leeds, Bielsa, yeah. Um, it, it, I, off the top of my head, it seems like the obvious one was Tortorella. And I don't know if I can, if I'll find a better answer than that. Yeah, I, I, I went with Tortorella as well. I thought that'd be fantastic. Uh, which Ranger player do you think could best hold his own in the Premier League? Uh, it's gotta be Panarin. It really does. That, that dude is just a special talent that I think is capable of doing just about anything. See, I went with Adam Fox for, for Saints. Mmm. <laughs> Just because he's better than what we've got at the back. That is true. Yeah. And he made Jack Johnson look decent on Saturday, which is exactly. an impossible yeah. feat. Yeah. Uh, goal song for Saints. Uh, what if, what if they just did a little Whitney Houston every time they score and just have, want to dance with somebody since we can't even <laughs> celebrate goals anymore? Yeah, let's take it. Uh, and your last one was, uh, James Ward-Prowse pickup line. Ooh, he's definitely, he's, he, there's, there's only two options in my mind. James Ward-Prowse is either the most forward man in, in the world and is just getting right to the point, <laughs> or he just has a go-to corny pickup line that works. Like, uh, I bet you James Ward-Prowse Prowse slides into girls' DMs and asks them, what do you call a dog magician? And it's a labracadabrador. That's 100% his line. <laughs> okay. Dad joke territory. Yes. What if he's the other way? If he's just straight up, he's going to say, what, fancy a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd be like, he'd be like, you see my free kicks? Yeah, let's go. Come on. <laughs> I think my answer was something similar to that, wasn't it? Put the, put the ball down for a free kick and see, uh, say, yeah, so do you think I can get this one in? Yeah. What about the free kick? <laughs> no, he'd be saying something like, uh, you ready to see this up and down? You think my shots have curve? Wait until you see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Greg, dur- during your, your time of no hockey and still churning out weekly episodes, as we mentioned before, uh, you've been having some fun with the current roster, like the Pokemon stuff and the, and the Harry Potter. So I thought we'd do the same here. Yeah, the one that I enjoyed most really was the Harry Potter one, because I was, I was on a walk and I thought, I'm going to take a bit of Blue Shirts Breakaway on from a walk. I'm on my own. And this episode come on, and I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a great idea. So I thought we could try the same with Saints players. Um, and since we got you on, we're going to quiz you on it. And I'll get you, uh, Kevin, Tim's thoughts on this as well. Um, how, how was your Harry Potter, guys? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> this should be fun, then. I, think right? I, I read the first book when it came out when I was still in school. And um, that's it. That's about it. Oh. Well, Kev, good for you, man. Good for school. I didn't think you had it in there. <laughs> they taught me to read and everything. <laughs> right, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna name some players and you're gonna sort them. Uh we'll start with Danny Ings. Uh I guess I guess it's my if if it's my bid, I should probably go first, right? I mean Ings is yeah, Gryffindor. Yeah. Like do we we don't that yeah. one you don't need to think. He's he's the he's the protagonist of this story, so we have to put him in Gryffindor. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's gotta be Gryffindor. Any uh objections? No. I'm glad you cleared that up. So Gryffindor's the one that Harry Potter's in, right? Yeah, that is correct. Yes. Maybe you could just could you just set the um the scene for the other ones. Hang on, Slytherin's the one that is the bastard one, isn't it? The bastard ones, yeah, the ones that don't, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. But I mean, in terms of characters and stuff, um, Gryffindor and Slytherin is like saints and the other two. That's the one. Yeah. Um, okay. What uh, about okay. the other two? What, you, what 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 football teams would you compare Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw to? An intelligent football team. I don't know. Maybe maybe Chelsea. Leeds. <laughs> no, Leeds are Hufflepuff, aren't they? Okay. Um. Okay. So we go with the next one. We go with Ralph. Hey, he's Dumbledore. He's Dumbledore. He, he, he he's he doesn't oh, he doesn't yeah. get put he doesn't get put in the house. He he's the headmaster here. He's the, he's the he's the one. Yeah, he's true. He's the headmaster. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, James Ward Prowse. Slytherin. Yeah. Yes, he, I he, think he, Slytherin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you you can tell there's there's enough of cunt in James Ward Prowse that that guy doesn't get. <laughs> yeah, at the ambition. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Tim, are you agreeing with that? I'm gonna defer to everybody else here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Shane Long, Greg, have fun with this one. Oh no, Shane Long didn't get in the Hogwarts. He's a Muggle. He's just a human <laughs> being. He's not included in the world. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't get enrolled. What's, His, what's an, owl, an owl came and told him to fuck off. That's that's what happened to Shane Long. 
What, what, what's the, the, this coming down on Shane alongside your head? Coming from a, a Charlie, a Charlie Austin's biggest fan. <laughs> That's Charlie Austin's point. only fan, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, what, just, Kev, what does, what does Shane Long do except not get tired? That's his one attribute. He doesn't finish. I, he's got no touch. He has no sensibility. He's offsides 75% of the time. When he's not offsides, he's leading other teammates to be offsides by taking too long to get them the ball. He's, he's just firmly not good. He is an empty vessel. What do you mean, what does he do? What doesn't he do? Okay, he scores, but... Hey, one does. thing he does. Well, I'll, I'll take one thing. He, he runs about. <laughs> he runs about a bit, yeah. A lot. He's, he's mastered the art of existing. That is what Shane does. I must say, I am a fan of Shane, but um, yeah, this season he has been a complete letdown, really. Um, but, but the energy still there, so I'm going to put him in half a puff. Hard work, patience, loyalty, and fair play. Yeah, I, I'd agree with. I would agree I with that. I'd stick him in half a puff. Yeah, uh, Romeo. Oh, Romeo. Um, I think Romeo is also in Slytherin, not because he's an evil guy. It's just like yeah, he, he does. Look he, he'd be like he's like Jimmy's bodyguard. So where Jimmy goes, Romeo needs to go. Oh, That's he's it. he's like one of like Malfoy's little cronies. Exactly. Okay. That's yeah. Malfoy. Yeah, Malfoy. Yeah. Uh, Vestergaard. Uh, he's a Hufflepuff. Just look at his face. Everything about his face screams Hufflepuff to me. <laughs> Kev? Um, I don't know. Well, we haven't put anyone in Ravenclaw yet. Intelligence, mm. knowledge, planning ahead, and wit. I don't know. I don't really think that fits with yeah. Vestigard. He's funny looking. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay, yeah, the, I'll, I'll defer to Greg on this one. Th- this one is set in stone, surely. Ryan Bertrand. Uh, he's in Ravenclaw. There's, there's oh, Ravenclaw. okay. Oh, see, no, I was going Slytherin. Not Slytherin. Mm. Oh, no, because he, Ryan Bertrand doesn't have, like, he has the wit, but he doesn't have, like, that menacing evil about him that kind of underlies everyone in Slytherin. He's like a bumbling fool, but <laughs> he knows he is, so he's having fun with it. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll take that. Um. Alex McCarthy. Oh, he's Gryffindor. He's just clean cut, clean cut guy. Not not the not the star of the show, but you're happy to have. He's like a Dean Thomas. Yeah. Sixteen people listening to this is going to understand that reference, and neither are Tim or Kevin. <laughs> I'm with you. I get it. I've read the books. I've got children as I well. So. Tim's just gone off the poor pint or something. <laughs> I'm here. I'm just uh, <laughs> slowly listening to things that I don't understand. It's like a different <laughs> language. Hey, I will call. Where's he going? I'll put him into Ravenclaw, can't we? <laughs> He's really smart. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's fair. Or you could say, like, he doesn't go to Hogwarts. He goes to one of the other wizardy, wizarding schools somewhere else in the world. Oh, and you mean... He, just, he you comes mean, in for the, the games once every 15 years. You mean Durmstrang. Is, is that the one? The that's Bulgarian what called, school? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the I Bulgarian school, was... yeah. You, you can apply. They might yeah. pick you. Absolutely better, but Bulgarian, but isn't that some sort of ointment? I, I don't know, Kevin. <laughs> Sounds like it. Janepo, <laughs> uh, Hufflepuff. Um, I think Janepo might be a Hufflepuff as well. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That, sound, that seems right. Fair play, He's yeah. Fair well. Yeah. Take that. Um, Armstrong? Yeah, he's a Gryffindor. Yes. Yeah, we love it. And lastly... Shay Adams. He's he's Ravenclaw. Yeah? Mm. Yeah, I think so. When I think Shay Adams, that's where, like, if I was reading a book and Shay Adams was a character that I needed to put in one of those houses, I, I, something about him says Ravenclaw to me. Okay, we'll take that then. Um, right, I think that's about it, actually. A good way to end it, yeah. Um, Greg, yeah, it's been a real pleasure to have you back again, and it's um, it's one I always look forward to. Um, and once again, apologies for the early wake-up and the... Uh, <laughs> And, you know, disturbing your sleep in this, this day of recovery. No, listen, if you guys didn't get me out of bed, there's a good chance that I was never going to get out of bed. So this is 100% necessary and appreciated to make sure I'm alive. <laughs> Just check it in. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, please come back again. And uh, hopefully we haven't put you off with the, uh, the Harry Potter chat. Hopefully I haven't put Tim off with the Harry Potter chat. <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> cool. All right, uh, cheers, Greg. You get some sleep. Appreciate you, yeah. boys. Cheers, Love mate. You. Thanks for having me on. Thank Anytime you. you guys want to talk Saints, I am 100% down. Cheers, man. Thanks yeah, very much. Take care, guys. Cheers, Have mate. Yeah. Bye. Good to speak to you again. Of course, always.
Hi, I'm Matt Letizier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Uh, we will kick off with Wife Wars uh, and the result from Leicester. So all our wives went for a Saints win, 2-1, 2-1, 2-0, so no points. Scores remain the same, 11 to Gemma, 9 to Marina, and 4 to Abby. Better luck next time. Our predictions, we all went, well, no, actually, we didn't. Me and you went for a 2-1 Leicester win, and Tim went for a draw. So you've picked up some points on Tim there, Kevin. Um, It remains 30 to me, 19 to Tim, and 12 to you. So (laughs) long way to go, Kev. Super 6, round 27 was won by Yasmin Wiseman with 19 points leaving the overall lead to Tom Hennigan on 229. Uh, and fantasy football, Kevin. Yeah, I'll start off with my team, just because, I mean, there's a little silver lining to yesterday's match. Um, I've got Yuri Tielemans with his uh, two assists in that match, and uh, he got a three-point bonus. Could have captained him. I could have sworn that I put De Bruyne captain twice. And for some, somehow, uh, Fernandez has ended up my captain, so I don't know what the fuck's happening there. Um, it's difficult to say, isn't it? I've got 22 points so far, but I mean, it's just the beginning of a very long game week. Oh, yes, double game week, isn't You're it? You're shacked out senseless. Yes, double game week. I've got all of my players, and you've done the same, I guess. Uh, you've played your free hit as well. I did, I did play my free hit, yeah, I made a, I made a, a, a few changes, um, this week as I said I took Madison out <laughs> smart one yeah um, we got Harry Kane captain yeah he's... because they're, because they're playing Sheffield United and I thought I'd go for it and I... yeah so you know he might still have a hat trick but uh, yeah any of those other players look quite tasty uh, Harvey Barnes um, he picked up a good few points yeah he got a goal clean sheet so um yeah, El Garzi Fernandez match, but yeah. It's looking like a, a very nice team indeed. Um, yeah, completely useless really to talk about. Uh, 36 points. Fucking hell, right? Um, yeah, useless to really talk about this game making any meaningful sense, but uh, as an update, Mitrovic, still best of the podcasters. Well done, Mark. Mark Stein Freddy's edging up there. Uh, Tim Bazant's in third. You're getting close to him, but not close enough. Yeah. Dan Buck, Lucy Heiner, and uh, Peter Mushikas, the entire top three there. Um, although, again, Matt Markstone's rocketing up the table into sixth. Okay, uh, Russian phrase this week, Kevin? Oh, bollocks. Every week it happens. Um, yeah, it's not like we've been doing this for nearly three years now or anything. Yeah, it's not like we're on episode 103 or anything. Oh, how about something to do with the youth? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So we've got a very young bench for... Well, we've had a very young bench for the last few matches, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Russian for youth is uh, Malajosh. 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 Yeah. Malajosh. Yeah, young would be Maladoy. Maladoy. Yeah, and uh, youth, Malajosh. Malajosh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you. Um, no. Okay, um, that is about it this week, Kevin. Mm. Yeah, thanks to our guest, Greg Kaplan from Blue Shirts Breakaway. Um, it's always good having him on. Um, and Tim, obviously. Tim Bazance. And okay. thank you to you, Kevin. And thank you to you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, should we hand it over to Franny? Why not? Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the bastard Saints. Be back. Sports Social Podcast Network.